Welcome, welcome, welcome to the No Bad Dudes podcast. Ooh, we got a treat for you today. I am one of your co-hosts, uh, Brad Anderson, proud owner of Hot Shove Time Machine. I am joined by my co-host, Eamon DC with the gnarly sack. And we have a special guest. We have Brother Brian. Go ahead and say hello, Brian. Hello, Brian. And who, what is your team name currently? Uh, currently Stingers. I'm kind of sticking with that for the uh, foreseeable future. Um, any reason? Any? Uh... I, I keep bees and I was looking for something that was like, I, I didn't have any players that I was super married to um, on the on the league. I, I, I Alvin Kamara names are just like, there's so many of them. Uh, right. So I didn't come up with anything like super kitschy. Just kind of threw that in there. So player, uh, I, did I think... enjoy. I did enjoy the week of having uh, the taunt for Ray. The, any of this league was great. I think uh, as the tradition comes, when we have to come up with like a good nickname for everybody, I think I think we should lean into the bees and all that stuff, and we'll just we'll just call you the Bee Man. Multiple meanings, and uh, you know, there's a. Uh, we can just be like, B-Man, he kills it. So, a couple questions just to get to know you. Um, do you have an NFL team? Uh, yeah, so I think I think Eamon has kind of hit it on the, on the nose a bunch of times. I think Giants, uh, Yankees, and Rangers would be sort of, and I don't really have a, I don't follow basketball. But um, in general, like I, after, particularly after having kids, I just don't have, a couple hours to burn watching TV. So it's kind of like highlight reels will be some of it, but I don't have a super, super affinity to, to a lot of the, the sports, uh, but I do enjoy watching some of the games. So I guess if you were to say any, it would be the Giants. And do you, are your kids like um, sports fans? Are they like football fans? Do you watch them with your kids? Uh, we live below 195, uh, which is a highway across New Jersey. It defines central Jersey, and it also happens to kind of line up pretty well with, with where the broadcast television separates a New York market from the Philadelphia market. So, like, pretty much everybody on this side is an Eagles fan, uh, Sixers fan, and then everybody north of that road is on the other market. So, you kind of that kind of defines it. And, um, Cole's grand grandpa um, on my wife's side. He's an Eagles fan, so uh, the Eagles and Phillies he's heard of. And the night we moved in to our current home was the night that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So it's kind of like a interesting oh, part really? of our our first night here. Awesome, great. And do you have any like um, childhood memories or anything like tied to? giants winning that you're like this is my favorite giant or is it just like uh Eamon talks about it. i talk about it with Eamon all the time um no i mean like there was there was like that great era in the in the the 80s and the 90s like the giants had a couple couple heydays i i do remember watching football on uh, a black and white television with like tinfoil rabbit ears antennas like the TV was maybe like probably the size of the computer screen that I'm looking at right now. Um, and I, I don't remember even like any of the teams. It might have been like uh, 
I, I can't even remember which teams that were there. It was like Madden era. Like you'd hear John Madden, and like I, I got really excited as a kid watching the the pen come out. We started drawing. It's like that was cool technology at the time. Wow. Yeah, dating yourself. Like how far we've come when it's like tinfoil rabbit ears to now we're talking to each other across the country on Zoom and recording it so that our 12 members of our team <laughs> of our league can listen to it on little I'll uh, tell little you the phones. the coach the other coach of the soccer my, I'm a co-coach of the soccer team for my son and he was super impressed he's like wow that's that's pretty awesome he's like what time do you have to leave practice I was like we'll be fine he's like but if you have to leave early you should you should go it sounds like it's a big deal yeah <laughs> It's so like when I tell people like, oh yeah, uh, you know I've got to do uh, record a podcast every week with with my buddy on the league. Um, the people are like, that's so cool. It's like anybody can do it, and it's but it's <laughs> it's so lo-fi, but it's so much fun. Um, so we're very happy to have you on, um, and happy to be here. Share your uh, unique uh, fantasy football perspective. <laughs> well. Let's jump into matchups. And throughout today, we'll kind of talk talk about um, the players that have had significant things happen and how they impact uh, our league and fantasy in the context of matchups. So let's look back at week eight. It was an odd week, a very low-scoring week. Um, and I think that combined mine and henry's was the highest scoring uh matchup of the week <laughs> that's an interesting uh, way to frame I get that up quite a bit yes i mean listen i was the sixth highest scorer so i was in the top half of the league uh i lost by the way 124.40 to 161.04 to henry um but i i feel good like i was like happy to have a week that i at least showed up um and, you know, let's talk about the interesting things that happened on Henry's team, shall we? Um, should we talk about Derrick Henry and the impact of that? I'm sure that you boys have something to say. Brian, you can go first. Sure. Yeah, this is, um, and as you guys have gone through the podcast, uh, number one, thanks. Great, great time listening uh, to you guys on on each individual team, one of the things that I would say that comes up as you're going through and deciding, uh, you know, who's got a strong team, who doesn't have a strong team. I think Henry's is one of the teams that if you look at all of the rosters of all teams, he's avoided having anybody sitting up in his IR spot until like now, right? Like, so he didn't have a lot of people that like took up those spots. So I think that adds some freedom and some ability to, you know, make choices. Whereas, I mean, each of us have been, I mean, Kate, uh, Eamon was uh, totally, you know, taking up his, and um, it does make a big, does make a big difference. Yeah, I think with Henry, I mean, the the significant thing about it is that it's Henry, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know where he was going into week eight, but, you know, top five to top, maybe, definitely top 10, maybe even top five players in points. Uh, and so to have that go out and be on the IR, it's it just a, a big gash in his team. So the impact, I feel, uh, is more serious than like a CEH or um, someone like that. 
can we uh for the rest of this podcast can we refer to the running back as Derek um and the manager as Henry uh just cuz it I think it's going to be a little hard to follow um but he was number 1 I think he still is number 1 points overall for all yeah. players which never happens with non QBs so that's how crazy it's been he was before this week when he got like the six things um yeah, I think he, uh, I think, listen, uh, he's had a healthy run of two and a half straight seasons. Um, the game we watch has this thing about it, that this happens eventually. Um, and it sucks and it's, it's not great, but, uh, um, yeah, I, you know, he, he'll have to battle now. Now I think, uh, I think the playing field's level, um, and we'll talk about it later, but it's it's very clear that there's only uh, one team that has definitely sold his, the his best players. His and then, soul. What? Sold his soul to yeah. Get... Um, and it looks like and it looks like some of the other players who might have to us we thought they should possibly be trading away players for picks. They're not going to do it. So. Um, you know the playoffs will. I don't think there's a favorite anymore. I think, uh, I think me or Ray or Matt or Mike or Henry all have a very good chance. Um, if Willie hangs in, if Laurent hangs in, if Brian, if you hang in, and you're the last record person, um, you actually might have a chance depending on how things fall fall out. You can get lucky at this point, but it. it the Henry Henry definitely just now changes it. So I would say I would say just based on management, I would give Henry a slight tick up because also he'll have a bye and he'll have to pick his opponent. So if somebody has an injury in that uh two round matchup, he'll be fine. But um it's a it's a big injury and I, I think it's completely changed our league. It does, yeah. and, and as you go as you go forward, like I think one of the points that you guys were making on the pod last week was, you know, um, if I'm like kind of paraphrasing, Amy, look at your team and decide if it's uh, a champion caliber team, and and maybe that's not always the philosophy for a lot of people. Some of them are just like, listen, you're you're a scrappy team, and on any given week, you could like Henry lost one time this year so far. Um, it's probably like a hack team. You know, some scrubby team that just kind of pulled one out. Um, it was me, by the way. Just saying. Um, the point being is that it's kind of like Friday Night Lights. Like on any given night, you know, one team can just show up and blow out another team. Like sometimes that's the craziness. So if if you don't really want to stack up for the next year, you can you know ride the fun of that. And I think one of the things that might tilt you in favor of that is if you look at your schedule. And you see that your schedule lines up with some of those people that have sold out their teams, right? So if you're if you're going to play Bradley a couple times, or like you're going to play him once this season, you're like, okay, that's probably going to be a win, right? So now you're looking at the number of wins you get, and if you just get to the final show, that's where um, you know some of the fun is, and, and it's it's it makes the league more interesting to be in it. Um, if that makes sense, and I totally get the the contrary point to you know prepare for success the next year. Yeah, well, I think what's like both of you guys are saying, and what I'm hearing is, you know, Henry was like had the highest ceiling. He was looking like the prohibitive favorite, 
And but on any week, he could be beaten, right? He wasn't always the highest scorer. And now that's even the very like his variability is like or his his ceiling is low, right? So the the chance of beating him is actually way higher. And so to to stay in now makes more sense because it's like, oh well, maybe I can beat him. Maybe if I do just put two weeks together, or if you know, if I think they're gonna make the playoffs and I can get through the wild card round, who knows what can happen. Cause now there's no, there's no like juggernaut in the league as, as it was, you know, just this time last week. So yeah. uh, you, yeah. I mean, we're here, I mean, and there seems to be, you know, people are saying, you know, that I'm selling out, um, which I kind of am. Do we want to talk about that now? Or do you guys just want to pepper, pepper it in through <laughs> throughout the podcast? Why, uh, Brian? Have you seen the chat, or have you been busy? Um, I've seen some of the chat. Um, were you talking about the the Slack channel for like trades? Well, no. So Ray, um, Ray, probably about an hour and a half ago or whatever. I was uh, I was finishing up some work stuff, and I looked in there, and like the thing I like to do is start it's to kind of getting a meaningless argument, as I pointed out before, and. Uh, just caused a little chaos. Um, uh, Ray was pointing out that like there needs to be bigger penalty for um, the last place team, and you know, I would say up until this year, I we've been trying to fix a lot of places where there's holes in the league, and I think we're getting closer to the to the league being really structurally great. So there's just now some fine tuned stuff, and I do think. I do think the last three years having teams be okay with one win for the year and having a smirk about it needs to be dealt with. And like, you know, we're not going to, you know, we, listen, I, I texted you, I don't know, eight or nine times, Brian, to like do your last place penalties and you didn't do them in time or time to manner. And like, that's fine. But it's also like, I don't want to chat track people down especially people who i don't have a relationship with like people have lives so the embarrassment stuff i just don't think works so i i put out super crazy i did try and put a i think i I think i might have been the only one that put out the video didn't you guys get a video yeah you did you did like three videos in one week in august yeah i mean that which was better than i think what anybody else did so i mean i want to give myself like i don't want to throw out my shoulder patting myself on the back uh, but I'm going to try to be critical of you. I'm trying to talk about specifically the, the penalty system didn't work. Right. And um, I think the, the whole like smirking at the end of the year, I, I think needs, there needs to be something. I don't know if it's, I do think maybe the losing a first round pick is, is, is fair because especially in a case like where, you know, I think Matt only got one extra first round pick. Brad's going to have three first round picks. Ray had two first round picks. Like, I do think there is like there should be some kind of like penalty that should drive them to want to get to three or four wins, and I, you know I don't know what that is. I don't know if maybe it's like you need to get three wins in order to not get to lose the first round pick or something just to show it's competitive. But it is like it's a fairness issue where Ray is jealous because he didn't beat uh, Ryan last week, and now he's like looking at Willie. And he thinks Willie has a bye this week, which 
More or less, he does. And Willie will be one win away from the playoffs, I think. I think anyone who wins seven games will be in the playoffs. And he's going to have six wins after he beats Brad. So, you know, I think people can talk about it and whatever. But, I, I, you know, I do think there needs to be something, again, to not make it so, like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I came in terribly last. Like, I'm not embarrassed. And I'll have all the picks and I'll have a chance to playoffs next year. Yeah, you know, I, I like the things that are, like, unique to a league. You know, we're kind of getting into this, and we'll get into it on offseason pod. But, like, just to put my – like, I, I'm looking at it like I'm still feeling, you know, my quarterbacks stink, but I'm still feeling an okay wide receiver uh, lineup. Um, and I am looking at, like, oh, I want to be at least somewhat relevant in the consolation bracket. If because it, it will help me if I can get a if I can get in the top four, so I, I don't think that like I think that that is a pretty good incentive. Uh, as far as like punishment goes for last place, um, I like things that are like unique. You know, when you hear about the guy spending twenty four hours in a Waffle House, like that is something very unique to our league. Um, would be fun to do. I know that people can't spend 24 hours away from their families, but like something that's creative and fun, like where there is embarrassment, but it's also unique and special and somewhat joyful uh, of a punishment. I, I think that that's a cool, uh, like a, a cool way to go into it. Like here's something that's embarrassing, but also funny, also like celebratory in a way um that that could happen and that, that could it's like a deterrent but it's not like a it's more embarrassment and not uh and joyful and not like actually punitive but alas we didn't get that when we had simple ones where it was just like make a video and that that bar was too high so i think uh external like like i think the the motivation comes from not the loser but from other people imposing it on them. How about this? How about everybody who cares and wants to do anything, write yeah. an email to Brad and I um, saying what you think the reason there should be a punishment, because clearly there's probably a disagreement of why there should be a punishment. There should be a punishment might be because you should be embarrassed because you came in last. But there also could be a punishment for saying, hey, you traded all your players. Like There's a little bit of a tax you have to pay. Um, you can't just like, you know, sell every player that's somewhat valuable and pick up Cole Beasley and, and those level type players and pretend Cole Beasley like, for a long time. Yeah. But he's, he's a wide receiver four and you're pretending he's like, or wide receiver, what, he's 34. So Fring's wide receiver four, um, wide receiver three, but also has had two very strong weeks back to back. So maybe he's turned a corner, you know, it's too early to tell. I think we're not even halfway through the season. Right. That's not the point. Can we just fit, stay, <laughs> stick out the point? Yes. The point ahead. is that you don't have a decent receiving core. Listen, I, you're there. You don't have to be defensive, but it is a legitimate thing that like now we're three years in a row where there's one team, at least that's barely fielding any team. That's like, it's, it's a question. And I think people should be able to weigh in on that versus just like, Hey, let's do a stunt, and like, then you still feel good about like trading all your players away. There should be some like genuinely like remorseful aspect of coming 
doing one in 10. Again, like maybe, maybe it's a trigger point, but so like what I say, uh, send us an email saying why you think there should be a punishment, whether it's just like embarrassing or it should be some kind of penalization for not committing to win at the best of your ability. And, and then just tell us what your suggestion of what the penalties should be. And then we'll save it for off season and we'll, we'll review them and we'll have a guest in and we can vote, uh, three people we can discuss and then vote and see which ones we like and don't like and we can move forward moving on to the next matchup the one that i have is uh matt versus jay so matt defeated jay 100.20 to 81.74 um what to talk about here i mean i think matt just actually sent it in the in the Slack channel that, uh, it, and it's a good thing to point out, is that Michael Carter came alive and, and the Jets kind of came alive uh, against those Cincinnati Bengals, the Bengals bangled, as uh, Eamon likes to say. Um, so we'll see if that can be repeatable. But, you know, Matt continues to like, kind of like, I, I view Matt as like a willy, you know, 10 times Willie, you know, where it's like, he's still kind of figuring it out somehow and getting like getting a win at, with a hundred points um, and like taping together a team. Um, you know, Eamon, I bet you, because you, you know, and you've looked at this more than I have, what like the future outcome for him and his prospects look like. Um, so what are your, what are your thoughts on Matt moving forward? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's uh He's a playoff team. Um, he definitely could probably use, you know, it's it's the structure of our league um, that I, 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 I'm concerned if I had his roster. Because um, you, can't, you can't just get by luck week to week. Like, you know, I haven't looked at his particular schedule, but like, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's it's been, it's been rough. Uh, I don't know if you have your weekly number but i know like the median was like 126 last week i mean the last four weeks he's only passed that once um and that was like a 136 so like um he's definitely getting by uh but I, you know i i think i think we could all i don't know if we specifically stated this but like it's very clear that there's not a market to to pay for a bunch of like high-end players like I've been messaging Willie and uh, he's still indecisive and uh, I've been uh, or I, I messaged about Barkley a week ago maybe a little bit more and Jay wasn't sure and he said he would see but by by his move that we'll discuss later trading for Mike Davis it seems like he's trying to still win so um, you know I think everybody's going to go in with flawed rosters and uh, you know if if David Montgomery retakes the job from Herbert and CEH retakes the job from Williams, um, he'll be okay. He'll 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 have a chance to win. But I, I mean, I think the bigger problem is that like, are the Chiefs figured out? Like, is the is the high end level of the Chiefs not there anymore? Because um, like that, if he just drops down and like I'm kind of facing the same thing with Kyler, is the last four weeks Kyler has been kind of like fine um 
it does like limit the ceiling of my team and Matt's team. Yeah, with with Matt's team, and I just looked at this. We have we have this week, and then the following week we're back into divisional play. Um, so you only have one non-division team left to play, and then <clears throat> more than likely each of uh, my divisional like divisional counterparts will get a win. So Matt does have like you know Matt is going to reach that seven win threshold that you that you set. <clears throat> he may be playing, you know, for a buy, which would be really big for him because, you know, that gives some of his players a, a week more to get healthy and, or like acclimated back into their systems. Um, so, yeah, like, I think, again, it's like kind of his team's not great, but like manager of the year type stuff as far as like moves and, you know, pickups that he's had and guys that he's played. So uh, we'll see what happens with, um, with CEH and with Montgomery, you know, I've got Montgomery in another league and I kind of waffle back and forth of like, do I trade him with, you know, with that projected upside of him coming back or, or do I hold, hold on to him and just hope that he can be, you know, three quarters of what he was before. Um, Brian, what are your thoughts on Matt? And uh, uh, like, as as a like an opponent, um, as an opponent, like I think it there's there's something sort of I think he he likens himself and he's clearly identifiable as like a quant. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's a numbers guy, so I'm sure he's got like six or seven spreadsheets helping guide him. So like he's got his crystal balls that that he uses in a. Um, I think that there's the decisions he makes are data driven and that kind of always, I think is a little more intimidating than sort of like we have other people in the league that clearly just shoot from the hip or the heart. Right. Um, so I, I've lost to him enough and seen him like scrap through some plays and stay active and engaged, you know, um, it, it's, it can't be said enough that a lot of the players in the league, are super active throughout the season and there, there's nobody that's going to even count out. I do have a lot of questions about like what Mahomes looks like lately. He just doesn't seem like the player of old. Um, and I'm not sure exactly which pieces of the whole scene are. Um, yeah. He's been putting up points and making it happen. He's got people that keep coming alive. Like he's drafting jets and they're putting up points. I don't know. How's that happen? No, that's kind of what I got. Uh, not, okay, not real so, analysis, but no, no, that's that's part of the fun. You just get to say whatever you want to say. This is like a podcast, and I think that the last time I looked, we had like seventeen unique listeners. So, inching <laughs> our way up, inching our way up. So, thank you to everyone who's like, oh, I I do this. Uh, I'm going to do this pod with you know my brother and and his friend because then they might go, oh, I'm going to listen to that just for that one time <laughs> and yep. that helps our numbers uh, um so amen anything that you want to put in before we we look at the other side of that matchup more breaking news we have another oh, breaking news event um trade just breaking news wait don't step on it 
Is that breaking news that, sound? You, do you realize people don't just yell when the news anchor comes in and says, breaking news, it's like, oh, there's a fire. Um, we have a trade completed. I was going to wait till we did the matchup, but... Oh, a trade. Trade. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, after... I've tested him personally, and I've brought it up in the podcast several times, finally traded for Gardner Minshew, uh, and he gave up Geno Smith, uh, just for some insurance for... Uh, what I think will most likely happen at some point, where Jalen Hurts gets benched. Um, so, solidifying his QB position now, I think he carries the Baltimore backup and the the his Philadelphia backup. So, you know, solidifying his team for the playoffs without giving up draft capital because I think he would have had to give up a draft capital for I don't know maybe a, pay, a player like Tyrod Taylor. Um, but something interesting. But um, so yeah, I think. Are we so? Are we going? Who is Matt playing? Is that what we're talking about now? Yeah, Matt's playing Jay, or Matt played Jay. So yeah. let's talk about Jay and like what. So I I've had you know I had my interaction with Jay with the Thielen trade and the Barkley trade, um, but I haven't really had that much interaction. He I was hopeful that I would play him. Uh, I was like, oh maybe I can get another win, but. Um, I haven't had that much interaction with him. So maybe the two of you have on the trade markets and you could give more insight into what he's think what you think he's thinking as he moves uh, into, you know, the divisional rounds. I'm going to say he's thinking, how do all these players that should be performing better keep performing as poorly as they do? Like he looks like he's on some hard luck. Um, you know, anybody who's burnt with Barkley, I mean, he traded for him recently, like, I guess. Uh, but like he has just, I just, Adam Thielen, I have in another league. So I have a sh- share of him and I keep looking for him to be kind of like last year, or like previous years. And it just doesn't pay out for him. Um, when you make that big trade for a guy like Barkley, you want to play him at least once. So I think he's just, he's thinking the division's bad, or at least it's not bad, but record wise, it's attainable. Because uh, he's only two games out, so um, the problem with that math is because the last three games are all division games. Somebody's gonna win. <laughs> uh, it's not like we could all. It's not like you know. I'm one game out, but I could possibly catch. Like I expect. I'm hoping to have the same record as the division winner. I don't know if I will. Because um, if Frank beats me, like if I beat Ryan and and Jay, and then I lose to Frank. He has the tiebreaker because he'll have beaten me twice head to head. So my goal is just to be uh, the same record as the best team in my division. I don't know if Jay can get there, but um, you know he wants to go and try and see what it feels like to have Barkley. Um, maybe Barkley gets thirty points a game and he gets back into the points four. But um, you know, I, I don't mind him trying to win. If he goes on a run, if he if he goes three and zero in the division. Right, makes a run in in the in that last divisional round. He's right there, so I kind of I get it too. Uh, where I'm like, oh, get out of there because you're right now, you know, on the app. He's the last in that um, in that division. That division is still up for grabs. So, um, yeah, the hard thing is not, he's playing Henry this week. He plays Henry this week. Okay, so it's it's. It's. I think that's the especially hard part is that like he's facing 
it's not the Henry that was two weeks ago, but um, it's he's the still O Henry. Prohibitive favorite. It's, it's the zero Henry Henry, like in the yes. candy bar, like the O Henry, the zero. <laughs> he's he's still he's still the highest projection for the week. So like that's uh, that's tough. We're we're all we're all like aiming for him. So let's like you know let's let's set our sights there. He's the O Henry this week. I mean, like I, um, you know, I, uh, I'll bring it up later. Never mind. I'll talk about it later. Go ahead. Let's let's move on to anything else you guys want to say about either Matt or Jay. No, no. I'll take that silence as a no. Great. Um, now we will look at the matchup of Eamon and Mike. Uh, Eamon, I think that you had no. You had the third most points last week. Um, I was going to say second, but you had the third most points last week. Um, Brian, why don't you, what do you have to say about your brother's team moving forward and his performance thus far? Um, I'm, I would like to say that it's, they probably had a great chat going on, like Eamon and Mike the whole week. I'm sure it was pretty exciting. I, I enjoyed playing Mike because he's like, you play a good guy. Um, and so like if you win or you lose, you feel like you just like – had a fun experience. Um, and on a side note, I was kind of excited that he did wind up besting me after benching uh, that player when we played a couple weeks back. Um, Eamon's got a team that, that like should be performing. Like there's like, I see all these names and like, I want some of them. Right. Um, except for Tom Brady. I mean, I know that I should want him, but like, he's one of those like anti homers for, for me, which like, I don't want to root for that guy. Um, I could see things happening here. It just seems like, uh, you know, the, the numbers haven't panned out. Um, you've, you've got like lots of potential. I, I don't know what, I don't know why you haven't scored more. I'm I'm sure you've asked yourself that question many times. I'm third in the league points for just, just, I mean, weirdly because Mike is, uh, Mike is second in points for it, and he's not leading his division. Is the only reason I'm not in the playoff picture. Like, uh, and I'm only ten or twelve points behind Mike too. So, it's not. It's not like I'm one of the top three teams in the league. If you just do it based on points for. Yeah, um, I think that the the Elijah Mitchell pickup could you know could end up being that James Robinson sort of thing from last year because I, I may be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right that the only people with more rush yards uh, than Elijah Mitchell this year are uh, Henry Chubb and and that's it. Um, So even with his injuries, Elijah Mitchell is like that that guy right now in San Francisco, which if he can stay healthy, him being, you know, the second guy on your team, uh, the second running back on your team, um, basically taking what you were hoping that Trey Sermon would be, and I guess you're still hoping that he'll be. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. What team. was your stat? I thought, like I've, I saw or heard that it was most yards, because um, rushing yards. Okay, he's so. Is that way off? It's way. Yeah, way he off. didn't play enough games to be able yeah. to get. In that in that conversation he might it might be like an average per like yeah per game an average like, 
One, two, three, four, five, six. For the games seven, that he played, he nine, might be winning in a particular 11, column. 13, 14, 15, 16. There's 16 players ahead of him, including some. What? Here, here's, here's some fun. I'm going to tell you some random uh, players who are above him. Right above him, with six more yards, is Leonard Fournette. Never would have thought that was a possible. Um, Damian Harris has more yards than him. Um, and this is the shock. I will uh, I will buy a, a beverage of the choice for anybody. You each can have two picks on who who's third in the league in roster is. And I will tell you the top two is Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Third in the league in rushing. Get two two guesses. Each. Yeah, nobody cheating. No, I'm not cheating. Cheating. I'm, okay. Um, my so kind of Brian. If you think about it, together we have four guesses. So let's use our minds on this one. We do. Um, I, I will. So it's probably somebody who has hasn't been on a buy. Um, so I'm gonna say DeAndre Swift. Nope. He yeah. is not – he's below – he's not on the first page. What? That can't be right. Wow. That's, he, he gets a lot of receiving yards. Yeah. Is it someone on the bad dudes list? Nope. I mean, no, that's, that's good. you can't ask that question. I, I won't count against <laughs> you, but you, you, can't, you can't fish for answers. Oh, okay. I thought there was a podcast. I could say what I wanted. Right. <laughs> you can't. You can go to YouTube. But not in, not in this game. <laughs> Um, I'm, so who, I'm who's kind your... of like I'm at I'm at a loss. I feel like maybe I might be inspired by Brad's next guess. Okay, so my next guess is going to be Melvin Gordon. Oh, so close! I will say in a weird way, Mark Ingram. Oh, whoa! <laughs> it's it's Derek Henry, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Mark Ingram, Nick Chubb. The rushing is really down this year because. Derrick Henry has 937, Jonathan Taylor is 649, and then Ingram is 615, and then everybody else is in the 500s. So. Maybe I'm looking at, like, per, it was, like, per attempt or, like, I mean, per he, game? He, he's very high in the uh, per carry, but he's also, like, hurt again and has, like, a rib injury. So might be the sermon train again this week. The sermon train. The train that goes so slow that it never gets to the station. Um, so you want me to talk about my team? Is that is that a yeah, good go transition? Uh, yeah. I you know I feel good. Um, I think with Derek with the Derek Henry injury, um, it makes me feel there's a, a stronger chance I could win. Um, and you know I I would like to get a Najee Harris on my team, um, but also with the way that nobody else has been able to dramatically change their roster. We didn't even talk about your trade with Henry. Um but we can go ahead and say that later. Um yeah. but you know I think him getting Justin Fields helps a little bit, but I don't think like it's not a Lamar Jackson type of rookie right player. Yeah. Um but I don't mind like the chaos of like everybody team is pretty good and there's a flaw. Like it'll make waiver contention the next month and and moving forward very intense. Uh but um, yeah, I feel good about my team. It's performing, you know. I, I you know I think last week you were hitting me up on the uh, I have a I never have the super high ceiling, but I think it's just I historically for whatever reason in this league, I always have my 
I never have all the guys fire in one week. I usually don't have a lot of weeks where none of the guys fire, like a 84 point or 80 point show up or a 64 point show up. But, you know, if Kyler gets what Kyler normally does, that's, you know, I'm in the 150s, 160s. So, um, how, are, how are you feeling about Kyler? Are you worried? I don't, I'm ne- yeah, I'm definitely nervous. Um, yeah. I think, like, his body is the type that it's taking too many hits. Um, I think he does, he protects himself on the designed run plays. Uh, the biggest problem is that he's trying to get out of stuff a lot and he's taking those extra hits. Um, you know, the injury last week was just him getting blown up where, you know, it was an all out blitz. Everybody was man. And this guy just came free without anybody to block him. Um, so, you know, that's not quite there, but like, he's, he's just going to be perpetually a dinged up player because he's just smaller than everybody else. Um, I think he can get healthy. What? I think he plays this week. I don't. (laughs) That's why I made the roster move. I made to pick up Colt. Um, just to have a body. Um, but I think he, uh, yeah, I, th- I think they probably are conservative and, and keep him out there. They're seven and one. Um, you know, him not being healthy or having a longer term injury is a bigger threat. And I, I think Arizona seems to be a forward thinking organization or in that manner. So I think they'll, they'll keep the franchise quarterback from getting a more sustainable injury or like, just let it heal just so he can come back on fire. Cause like he's going to need to be on fire to get, um, by the Rams with Von Miller and stuff like that. Like we won't talk about that in fantasy, but the Rams defense, you know, one of my concerns was that the Rams are, are top heavy, but now they've actually added another, you know, B plus level player at this point, but like a severe pass rusher that will, you know, you're up the middle. You're stopping people with Aaron Donald and Von Miller now can come and chase you down. So it's it's, you know, they definitely have to have a healthy Kyler Murray to have a chance to do anything this year. Okay, do you think that another quarterback on your team could perform at a Kyler level if he actually had some of the weapons that were designed to be provided for him? Do you think Daniel yeah. Jones has any of those abilities or skills? Well, not those abilities because his he's specifically a weird type player. Like you, you wouldn't ever expect that. Um, I I think, you know, I think Daniel Jones is fine. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a large group of super talented quarterbacks. So, whoever the coach is and GM is next year, I'd say let's do one more year with Daniel Jones. Um, you know, we'll have two high first round picks with the Bears pick and ours, um, and just put ballers out there like they need you know i think they built a very good defense but they don't have a dynamic playmaker like a chase young or or somebody like that to really like just dominate and and have to game plan around so hopefully they can do that for the defense who did you plug your henry rugs what was that pickup when you dropped rugs who was who was the united instead uh we'll go through waivers later but i mean that was basically okay. like uh, the Colt McCoy slash uh, um, Logan Thomas move and Tajay Sharp and my stupid Adrian Peterson move. God, that was so stupid. <laughs> I saw uh, that. I was like, wait, wait, what? And then it's how you dropped him right away. It's like, oops. 
I guess it happens. I literally, um, since we brought it up, I literally was thinking, like, why did nobody put this in? Like, everybody complains about the waivers and how how there's nobody there, and nobody puts in this guy who's, you know, he won't be great, but they'll get goal on Kyrie's. And then I'm like, this is the full team of, like, uh, the curses of year past. Like, I, I had Tom Brady the year he was terrible with that first four games and had to cut him. And then I picked up Adrian Peterson, and then I was like, yeah, I had him that one year when he, oh, he hit his kid. Oh, that's, oh, man. And I wasted a waiver claim that I probably would have, I probably would have been up at like three or four um, if I didn't do it because so many people put waivers in. Yeah. Um, okay. And you went up against um, Mike. Mike. So let's talk about Mike. Um, oh, so this is, this is also. Oh. Uh, Go for it. You I've gotten, I've gotten my sources, um, and I didn't have to do uh, Mr. Editor stuff for this. Um, but Mike is officially seeking trade offers for Deshaun Watson. Um, wow. So if you're, I don't know if I don't think it's a disgust thing. I just think he is trying to figure a way to uh, acquire players to help him win a championship this year. And obviously, since nobody's doing picks, the idea of one of the most valuable assets, if he plays football, uh, being available is something people should consider. So that's out can, there. Can we can we as like a sidebar recall how he did in the vote at the beginning of the year? Was He's he on the no bad dudes list. He's on the no bad, but if he st- if he remains a keeper, then he can stay in the league. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think it's tough. Um, I like, I I think I've said it before in this podcast. Like I, I really like a lot of the stuff Deshaun Watson did as a person coming into this league. So I'm, I'm having a little like uh, cognitive dissonance about the situation with him. So I'm just like letting stuff play out. Um, But I also don't want to trade what I would deem the pack of, players and picks you'd have to give up to for this guy um and if he goes to miami i think i know i talked about the Bengals and the Bengals actually keep are playing pretty well this year but i think miami is just another one of those just bad organizations that does everything bad and i think he might like if he went to denver i'd feel better i think that's a better organization um less trouble and problematic stuff goes on there than miami so so, so the value the value proposition is Watson beyond the trade deadline is not going to play football this season. So whoever would want him would be looking to build a part of their team for next year, right? So somebody with like I don't know like three first round picks might be interested in also having a stud quarterback keeper. You mean Jordan Love? Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I think I think that the teams like Brad or Jay, like I thought he would have been interested. Maybe Willie, if he decides that his five and three record isn't going to really do anything that much deep in the playoffs. But um, I mean, if you can get a couple first round picks, like the thing is, like you you should get more than just um. Like, he should get more than Saquon Barkley or... The thing is, Mike needs players, so Brad's kind of out of the 
out of the situation unless there's some weird three team trade element of it. Um, so if he's trading Watson, he probably wants a good player and a first round pick and something else. Yeah, it's weird because like you know I'm I'm putting myself in this situation of like oh what would I be willing to trade? It's like like I don't know if I want that on my team. Like you know like it not not just the indiscretions, but also like you don't know. No one knows. Like yeah, he may. Yeah not get to play this year and then he might be gone all next year um there might be stuff that comes and it's like do i want to do that it's like and and then things come out and you have to make it another moral decision um so it's like yeah oh i'm over here like oh what can i trade i've got all these picks would it be interesting and i'm like mm, yeah but all, I, I wouldn't want to like i'm pretty sure like i'm i'm, I'm not going to make an offer because i just would never want to have all that like kind of stuff it, it's it's like that weird thing that happened when ryan went and got tyreek hill you're like yeah i get it um but it's like for me keeping him i i'm like oh you it makes sense keep him you drafted him you know he's been but like going and actively trading for him uh when there's even talk of settlements with the people which is somewhat you know, admitting to what you've done. Um, not necessarily, maybe it's just something to like, oh, get this away from me and just close it. But um, goes against the, you know, the nature of our league. There's something about it where I'm like, to go and trade, and like sell the farm to get that player. Uh, there's something about it that I'm like, I thought about it while you're like, oh, Deshaun Watson might be on the trademark. I was like, ooh. And I was like, eh, well, no, probably not. Yeah. I mean, Brian, you're the type of team, but I, I don't think you're the type of players that Mike wants because I specifically brought up um, Antonio Gibson because I was like, maybe I can do like a three-way trade and get something off Mike's roster and he gets Antonio Gibson, but he's not interested in Gibson. Yeah. And well, I mean, Gibson's playing with a, like a stress fracture, right? So he's kind of like, they're, they're trying to baby his one leg because he's got a broken leg, which seems crazy to me. Yeah. Like, um, I, I actually... I'm surprised that my ACL, to get the like, warming up, warming up for soccer, like, you know, like, it's taking a week and a half to recover. I can't imagine playing a broken leg. So... Well, uh, it doesn't seem to be going very well. <laughs> right. So just going back to Mike's team, you know, it's a he had a bad week against me. Um, you know, he didn't have Lamar Jackson. Like beating Mike when he doesn't have Lamar Jackson doesn't really tell you anything about Mike. Um, you know, and Jalen Hurts put up a, a stinker even though his team dominated. Um, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to face the Lions every week. I'll have to check that factually, but um, so you know he'll bounce back. Um, and then even his like his you know, superstars, Jamar Chase kind of just had a meh game and Deontay had a meh game. And if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't face mask somebody on the touchdown, it's a, it's a solid game. Um, so, you know, I think he's fine. He's moving towards the playoffs. He'll be in the playoffs. Uh, he, he just needs to beat out Matt. Cause like I said, Henry's going to have a bye and then Matt or Mike are going to have a bye. He, he does have, like, um, that kind of, 
like we, I talked about it before with Henry as somebody like kind of a leader in their division. He doesn't have that IR spot plugged up, but I mean, he does have that Deshaun Watson baggage, right? So like, that's kind of the same thing, you know, having that anchor dragging your team roster down. Yeah, I'm rooting for Mike. I think, you know, I've, I've been like pulling for him to, you know, even though he's in my division, I think that he's got a good team. And I think that he's, you know, he's still, I think, the second best to uh, to Henry. And yeah, the concierge he, and then the mayor, right? Yeah. If he could just, again, make one move to make his team even more solid, like he – he would be a. What he might you even want be the favorite. What would I want him to do? Let me. Good question, Eamon. Um, hmm. Because, like, his, you know, I think I was listening to the footballers today. They were talking about, mm-hmm. like, Oakland's upcoming schedule. And, like, while it seems like it's maybe a 60 40 split, but it does seem like. Josh Jacobs can have a very good run here. And then, you know, James Conner is just doing what Kenyon Drake did last year for the Cardinals without the rushing yards. But, you know, he's going to get one or two TDs a week. So that's that's pretty solid. Um, so, like, I, I don't know if it's running back. And his three wide receivers, Chase, yeah, Deontay, solid. and Hopkins, like, it's just the tight end situation. Yeah, and the maybe, tight end like, situation, I guess. The flex you know, it'd be better if he had like a, another solid flex option, but um... here's what I would do. You ready for this? You ready for this action? I would tell him to go get Mark Andrews from Jay. How about that? What about that? As a trade. <laughs> I mean, he gave, Jay, he gave Jay a fifth rounder for fan. Isn't Andrews like number one on the season right now? Technically, you know, I'm not sure, uh, but he's he's up there, and that like stack is just he's number two, but he's gone through a bye week, so. Um, Fant is say. a number seven and a number ten tight end on the year for PPR and half PPR. Uh, so I mean, like his tight end, he's got you know a highly marketable guy that's there for most of the time. He's like, got a COVID list right now, but. Oh, yeah, I, I just think that like, like if you could go get Mark Andrews, who as a as a previous manager of Mark Andrews, I know that he has high keeper value, and to pair Andrews and Lamar going forward as a base of your team as two keepers uh, might be worth something. Um, I can't wait and, to get again, rid of tight ends. What's up? I can't wait to get rid of tight ends. It's never gonna happen. We can't do that. Why? Why can't we switch it to a wide receiver, tight end, flex situation? These players are terrible. We have to look at and the idea that Mark Andrews is a high value player when he's like meh. Like T.J. Hawkinson's the third best tight end this year. Does that feel like accurate after? Like if you just if you mind erase the first two weeks, do you feel T.J. Hawkinson's been a factor in the NFL? No, no. So, but it's a part. So, so I, I mean, if you like want, if you want to see all stars, you have not the league that, that you you built, but you you have a ten team league with like you know 
12 roster spots and you just play all-stars like and everybody's just got a roller coaster of 10 or 20 points like it's not an all-star I mean? like, thing i just don't like the position i think the position has become a, a somewhat junk position because the vast majority of tight ends except for kelsey well not even kelsey kelsey's part of the problem other than gronk is that they don't block they're wide receivers who kind of stand on the end of the offensive line they're not blockers so they're playing the same position as wide receivers why are we pretending they're different like it, it's i don't know i'm just over spending time thinking about tight ends and just hoping i get a guy who gets a touchdown because i mean look at evan ingram god what a miserable experience to have managed him his entire career um sorry i'm just I, just waiting for Gronk to finally pay off um Moving on, we will go to, we'll try and go a little quicker as we go through this, um, our warp speed, which is other people's average to below average speed. So let's move to uh, Brian versus Frank. And I'm looking at this for the first time and man, it was a blockbuster, man. It was a, a barn burner of a, of a game. Uh, let's Gross. Brian, let's just talk, talk to us about your team and about um, what you're looking to do. You know, this is this broadcast will go out, knock on wood, before the trade deadline. So if there's any pitches that you want to put in or anything that you're trying to do or how you're feeling about your team, let us know to talk to us. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a couple things coming into the year and uh, some of the insight as far as like trying to draft and my strategy was to try and take the two most valuable um, positions, quarterback and, and running back, and try and add depth to both of those. I wanted and hoped for uh, some of my quarterback, my young guys, to come out and do better than they did. Um, I planned that with the the hopes of doing some trades, which I did. You know, when Matt's, Matt's uh, quarterback went down, the Montgomery trade was like part of the design for the draft. Um, but it, it left me, I guess, missing wide receivers. And I thought they were going to be more plug and play. Um, so like overall, I was also rooting for uh, Tyrod Taylor to have a good year. I just feel like he, he was a talented player that just kept getting bad luck. And I was just hoping this would be the year for him. And no, <laughs> once again, poor Tyrod. <laughs> Sorry, Ty. Um, so that hasn't panned out, but we'll see in the next couple, um, maybe week, maybe this week. We'll see if he comes back. That'd be good to see. Um, I really, I, I'm kind of hesitant to trade in general. Like it's like sort of my like steady Eddie. I kind of like looking at my guys. I do wish we had more waiver opportunities. I, I'm more comfortable just picking up and looking at, you know, screens for for waiver pickups. Um, but I did, I did feel the trade for. Uh, Tyrod Taylor that just wasn't it wasn't in for me. I mean, it was probably not as bad a, a trade, but um, my team moving forward, I don't even know what my keepers are for next year. Like, I really, at this point, um, I am not sure. I'm looking at these guys, and I'm, I'm looking for them to put up better numbers. Like, last week, Mike Williams stinker, but he's been doing great all year. If I had just had one or two players play better, you know, that I would expect. I know, yeah, Brandon Ayuk carrying two 
wide receivers from San Francisco is probably not a great call. Um, but I was hoping Chris Carson would be back, and it looks like he might be out for the rest of the season. Um, Greg Kittle, I was hoping to be back sooner. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Um, but I, I think I you've had Greg Kittle. Too. He hasn't done much this year. Greg Kittle has done nothing, but George Kittle has done close to nothing as well. Oh, I, mean, I, I think <laughs> I do it with the with the cars. You can do it with the Kittles. There we go. Um, I think I think you should move off Kittle this year. I don't think you should perceive him as a keeper. I think if you know that might be a trade that you should make with Mike if he's looking for a tight end and he wants to do a high risk. You could. And you wouldn't necessarily like. I, honestly, if you if you gave Mike a package of uh, Gibson, Kittle, and if he wants Tyrod, I think you could probably get a decent to fair uh, package that would make sense. And I actually don't even think that would kill your team in any significant way. Um, I, you know, looking at what Debo's done this year, I think he's clearly one of your keepers. Uh, Kamara is definitely going to be one of your keepers, um, and then. Just referencing the footballers again today, uh, Mike Williams since week three, you know, we've played eight weeks. Um, if you just take the game since week three, Mike Williams would only be on pace for 55 targets over, I think, 16 games. For some reason, they keep saying 16 games instead of 17. It seems like they haven't updated their formulas, but um, but that's a, that's a fairly low thing like so it seems like the first three weeks were the outliers for mike williams but i mean so are you right are you riding into the playoffs are you gonna roll the dice my man are you gonna be a seller should people start offering you trades i'm i'm i think everybody in this league is always fielding trades like there's uh, do you not get like i feel like it's the threes company come and knock on my door We've yeah, got baby. trades and deals and deals and trades. Yeah, I don't know. That's my jingle for all the old people who saw that show once. Um, I, but I, yeah, if the, if the right deal, like it took me a few seconds to answer Matt's trade. Like that looked like it was value for me. I was like, okay, let's do that. Um, but I'm still in the bubble. There, there's a lot going on this week and I haven't really made that decision. It's kind of weird. Right? Like, I feel like how many, how many people do you think are still making that decision for themselves based on what happened with the trade deadline in the NFL itself? Like, how many of their players are going to do something? Like, this week was wild between injuries, COVID, um, legal issues, and then actually trades. There, there's just been a lot of dynamics to try and figure out. Like, if they've, if they've impacted some teams, I think. Well, if I go on another rant about um, some position I don't like because of my frustrations about it, why don't you go into the chat and just say, hey, I'm not sure where I'm at, but fielding offers for the players and list them and see who... Because that's where... People don't know who's like... I didn't know where Mike or uh, where Jay was standing until I saw him trade a seventh-round pick for Mike Davis. Um, So, like... You should do that and see if there's anything valuable. And then at least you can see if there's a, you know, clearly Henry needs a, a running back. So you could probably get a, a trade with him. We don't have to talk about anything we know, but uh, he might need a running back and maybe like a fourth or a fifth round pick for him. 
Yeah, I mean, so like like looking at, at Henry's team, like what is what does he have? That he, so there's picks, and who would he want for my roster? So my best running back is Kamara that I would not want to trade because he's the keeper, but that leaves like Gibson, right? Because like, I don't have anything else, and that's what he's looking for is depth at that part. Yeah. So what would be on like you know if you looked at Henry's team, what would what kind of picks would you want, or what kind of players would you want? I mean, you're, you're yeah, not gonna. Well, he's got some. You're yeah, not, I'm not. If you're trading Gibson, you're you're done for the year. Right. Which is fine, but that just means get like don't t- don't unless he's giving you. He doesn't have any high value keepers. Um, maybe if you wanted to, since you have two first round picks, and you're like, give me Derrick Henry. Um, and then you decide to use your later first round pick on Derrick Henry next year. That's a strategy. But um, you're just trying to get the highest picks for him. And, you know, tell him you'll throw in other players that if you need him. Like, if he wants Mike Williams, throw in Mike Williams and make it like a third-round pick. Something like that. Yeah. But he did just trade his fourth-round pick, so I don't know if he's willing to do all that stuff. Right, right. Yeah, I'll just put Me. it in chat and see what your best offer is. Yeah, and I like, feel about, like, playing and trading with the leader of the league, like he's clearly like one of the, the juggernauts. He was like the the abominable snowman. Like how do you like you're you're feeding the fire, right? Like what do you I feel fine about it. But you're feel not fine. you're not competing. Like I hate to <laughs> I hate to break it to you. You're not competing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Your I only think... job is to win. So whatever whatever gets you in a position to win the soonest possible time that you can win is what you should do. Which you're well, in a, really good shape thing. with the two first round picks, or you have a first round pick, which is valuable. Who is there? Someone is there a position that you have right now where you're like, if this position was uh, filled, I feel like I could be a, a real contender. Is there a position that you look at, or is there something that's missing on your team? That if you had, you'd be like, I'm I'm good to go. Yeah, there's 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 definitely a couple. I could use a quarterback, I could use a wide receiver that was regularly competent, and like even just whether it's death at running back or like tightened up anyway, a flex position. Right now I've got like last week I played two tight ends and they weren't good ones. They weren't like, you know, Kelsey or yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe it's time to get out. Maybe maybe it's time to get out. This is becoming a very sad podcast as we watch you like melt into your acceptance would, of your of your uh, season is over. I was going to say we're that, his fifty minutes of therapy are up, so we should uh, <laughs> um, that. Uh, uh, all right, so let's let's keep moving forward and look at Frank's team. Um, and what his prospects look like. He is going up against uh, this week. Uh, he's going up against Matt. And right now, it's going to be neck and neck by the looks of it. Uh, so he could win this win this week. And um, going into division will be at the top of his um, top of his division. But what to say about his uh, his team? He has a bench spot open. Um, 
I don't know. I think that he's he's in trouble. I, I, I just don't think that he his he's got major problems at the uh, wide receiver, uh, you know, no, wide I receiver mean, slots. So, well, I, don't know. I mean, I think you're. I, I don't think you scroll down to the IR. Um, he he definitely has bad luck this week. Oh yes, thank you. Because <laughs> Adams, um, has one of the worst people as his quarterback. Um. And so, like, you know, this James is a week. Winston? What's that? James Winston? No. Um, no. Just somebody who decides to, like, say, are you vaccinated? Say, yeah. And then mumble to yourself, I'm immunized. Um, real top flight human being there. Um, like, at least Cole Let's Beasley. Let's go, Jordan Love. At least Cole Beasley, like, has the guts to, like, say I'm a shithead. But, um but you know, I think he's just he just keeps running into the bad luck situations here. Um, I didn't see it, but apparently Matt Ryan's hand got like mangled, bloody. Matt like, Ryan's hand, yeah, yeah. Stepped so on. like that'll limit his upside, and he's gonna play New Orleans. It's not his throwing hand. It's not his throwing his hand. But he hand. has to set the ball in. Yeah, his throwing hand with that other hand. Yeah, he he. I mean the that's the bottom hand. Uh, when you're taking the snap so like it does do more work than people realize so maybe almost all shotgun i'm guessing or they'll do a lot more shotgun than they normally do um just to help gauge that um but yeah i think he's just he's just keeps getting this run of bad luck but you know marquise brown you know he's been Mm -hmm. a great wide receiver all year yes so you have two top 12 wide receivers so i don't think that's a problem you know he's got Eckler, the RB three on the year, and you know he he's just like he's just had bad breaks, but he's also, uh, you know, got a chance to win the division. The only reason he's not leading the division is he's lost head to head with Ryan. Um, so you know he's in it if if stuff just breaks. Like he can definitely he could definitely use a trade, but again, there's nobody to make trades with. Um, this might be somebody you should offer Tyrod Taylor and Antonio Gibson, um, Brian, and get, like, a pick. But otherwise, like, you know, I think he's fine. He's got a scary team. I don't expect I don't expect to win. I'm hoping to win against him later in the season. And if I face him in playoffs, I'm a, it's, a, it's a little scary. Um, I wonder what's going on with Adams, though. Do, do you guys know? Um, because maybe he actually does have COVID. And like, is yeah, showing right? symptoms. I mean, he he was out with like out with COVID, and I didn't know if that was a. Um, I think he tested he's vaccinated. He tested positive. So, like, my question is: is like, is he still symptomatic? How long will that ride out? How long? Like, he could be out for multiple weeks. Um, I mean, and, it's, yeah, it so, sounded like so. They played Thursday. Yes. Um, and I'm guessing he wasn't feeling symptoms because they did test him that Thursday and they were like, they were going to fly, fly him out privately if he if he came up negative because he is vaccinated. Um, so if he just, I think the rule was if he, in the NFL, if you test negative for two days in a row, you can play if you're vaccinated. Right. Um, so... He, he, there was a chance he could have played, so I would assume he's back. Um, 
and there was no stories of it affecting him but maybe he's covering that up but who knows yeah who knows um anything you want to say about frank brian yeah i look i look at his team and there's definitely lots of of players that i would i would want there's like he's got a pretty solid team I look across the league, I think like a lot of people spend time building good quality teams. Um, yeah, I'm glad I'm not in this division. All right, and let's move on to the next one, which is Laurent versus Willie. All right, Willie's still doing it. Still doing it. Um, you know, the, the Matthew Stafford, Najee Harris, like just having that as his first two players on, you know, the top of top of his list, uh, you know, just continue to show up. I think Matthew Stafford is where the number two, two. obviously he hasn't gone through his bye, but um, he's the number two and he's the pocket passer. You know, uh, Najee Harris is the number five having gone through his bye. So uh, Willie just eking out these wins and maybe he could, he'll probably get another one this week and he will be one win away from your, you know, your seven win threshold. So, you know, I, I know that like I've, I, cause I went to Willie and was like, Hey, you know, do you want this? Do you want that? Blah, 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 blah. And he's just kind of like, he's in it. He's just going to, the, the vibe that I'm getting, he might be a buyer, uh, but he's also kind of just like, no, I'm just going to see how it goes and just ride it out. So he, he's going to, right now, he, he might be one of those teams that keeps a team that on paper looks better out of the playoffs because he'll just have a better record. Um yeah, and then go into the playoffs and see if he can cause a little havoc. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna have he's gonna have more fun doing that, right? Like he's gonna enjoy this yeah. part of the year looking and seeing he's winning. And that that's kind of the path, right? Like so the the case of playing someone who is sold or sold, um, you're probably going to get the the win in that column that week. And like so how many as we look at his I, I usually look at this on my phone, but since we have the pod up on the phone, I'm trying to find out where Willie's schedule is. Like, let's let's take a look at if he's I'll playing teams that are buyers and sellers. So he, he's going to play me this next week. Um, and then he goes into the divisional round where he will first play Henry, then play you. And it looks like and he's projected to lose by a lot there. And then his final week is against Ray. So like a six and six is, do you think it's possible that a six and six gets in? I think, it, I think it likely there will be a six and six that gets in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if likely is the right word to say, um, I think it's very possible. I think the problem is, I think there'll be multiple six and six teams. So right. you're really at like the luck of head to head. And if there's like, you know, if there's three or four teams 
which four is probably too many, but if there's three teams, you're doing like the math of like, well, I beat this guy and then they beat this guy and then they beat this guy. And then, then you're going down to division record and then points for. So you, you know, there's a lot of stuff you, and that stuff doesn't get figured out until like the very last moments of the, the season. So you can't feel good about six and six. Unless you right. like playing parlays, and that sounds like what that is. Like, so you're, you're looking to see a three-leg parlay to get into the playoffs. Yeah, so I, I think that if he beats me and he gets one win in the divisional round, he'll be in. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think I think me, Ryan, and Frank will beat each other up in our division. So those are two of the four and four teams. Um, Laurent, while he has a a, a buy against you is, has to face Mike and, and Ryan. So it's like, it's not like anybody's got a clear path to seven wins and he's, he's one game ahead of everybody else. So. Facts. Hmm. It's going to be an exciting finish to the, to the year here. Um, okay. Oh, so let's look at, let's, let's, well then we can do a, it's a nice natural subway. Uh, I forgot about what we were doing. Um, just for my stat of the week. Dude That's Crazy is brought to you by... Hi, I'm Malcolm Gladwell. Um, you might know me from some of my New York Times best-selling books like 10,000 Hours, where I teach you that the more you do something, the better you are at it. Um, or Outlier, where... I teach you that sometimes people are unique. Just in time for the holiday season, I have written a new book, The Bunny Year Method, Untying When We Learn Stuff. In the book, I tell long anecdotal stories of why in our culture, children learn to tie their shoes after learning how to walk, eat, and breathe. But then, I randomly insert data explaining why you learn to tie your shoes before getting married, setting up your IRA, or having a coffee with Mark and Paul Gosseler. Sales have been great. Uh, I would like to take a minute to read you some of my pre-sale book reviews. Anna from Maplewood, New Jersey. I guess I will read at least some of it. Just so I have something to talk about when I bring my kid to playgroup. Justin from Cedar Rapids, Michigan. So pumped. I love reading books that make me go, yeah, I would have guessed that. It makes me feel like, guess who's smart and has two thumbs? This guy. So pumped. And my favorite, Conan 2089. First... He wasn't, but now I have a topic for my next book. Being first on the internet, but not really. Don't um, trip on your laces on the way to buy my book. <laughs> Cut it out. Um, so I went back last year to after week eight to look at the team's records. Um, just to see the, the playoff team's record. So... Um, we had six playoff teams last year. That was the first year we had that. But we had the rule that um, 
again, this was like a thing where we had so many rules going on that we didn't like really think it out and decided to have the emergency vote that we needed to have. So all the wild cards were points for. Um, but the team records last year, at this point, that made the playoffs. Matt was six and six, or sorry, six and two. Willie was six and two. Brian, you made the playoffs. You were three and five at this point last year. Uh, Laurent was six and two. Henry was six and two, and Ryan was three and five. So, um, you know, Brian, last year you were a much worse record, or not much worse record, but a worse record. Uh, and you made the playoffs because you were scoring a lot of points. And this year you're having a better record season, but not as many points. Um, I, I do think it makes the league better because I do feel like there was a hopelessness that I had. And like I did the math, I was like, I'm going to have a hard time getting to points four uh, up with you and Ryan. So, you know, I think the league's better for it. Maybe. Maybe we do go back to four playoff teams um, if if this is just going to be a year-over-year year thing with uh, nobody making trades, but we'll see. Well, I mean, don't don't you think there were, like, I guess that would be another stat you could come up with maybe for next week. Teaser, uh, what's the number of trades each year? Like, are we – because it feels like the this has been maybe more trade-heavy than it was last year, but I, I'm, I might be lacking any data to actually say that at all. We'll see if I, uh, I... I think it's hard to look at transactions back on ESPN, so... Um, yeah. I will feel like... I know last year there was a lot of trades. There's definitely going to be... There's definitely going to be substantially more week of trades of the final week last year than this year. I wonder, too, like, the impacts of people trading and, like, feeling that, right? So, like... Um, you know, when I've, when I've drafted without draft capital, it's like, it hurts. It's like, I kind of remember like, oh, that, like not having a third round pick, not having a second round pick, like going, oh, that really feels like I'm like handicapping myself. Uh, and I wonder if that's impacting people's reluctance to go in. Uh, I know that like, I've spoken with Henry before and I've spoken with, uh, uh, Willie before that they're just like not people that like to, to you know sell the future um, and really go like they, they like having kind of a you know clean sheet going in to the next year uh, of just like a, a pick around so um, I, I, I know especially with Willie he's just like not into trading picks he's into getting picks but not trading away picks so yeah, I, um, I wonder if that I, impacts the mature like as the league matures and kind of finds itself if that's what's happening too but i, I feel it's more of a uh, uh a fomo situation of like i don't think those the people you've brought up have ever done that i think matt one time tried to trade future picks and has never really done it seriously he just goes like Hey, are, do you do you want to keep Kyler? I, I'll give you a fourteenth round pick for him. Um, you know, so he's he's not going to give you these stuff. But you know, I think me and you both have had multiple years where we trade high value assets to give ourselves to, a chance to win. And uh, you know, 
don't know if you p- blame that for some of your non-success this year, but I don't think it's ever hindered me that much. Like I, again, this might just be me and my uh, obsession with fantasy football to deal with the stuff that I don't want to deal with. Um, but uh, I feel I can make up that way easier. And I like having open spots on my roster. Like, um, just going back to all your picks, what I would try to do as much as possible is like way overpay for more first round picks. Um, just so you can have some middle round picks cause you're going to want guys you can cut. <laughs> cause once those guys don't perform, you want to go pick up Eliza Mitchell, um, or guys like that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think it's just a year that everybody's competitive so it's hard to go get somebody. Um, like, cause I, uh, I would, um, I'd love to go get Dodgy, but I, it's just not on the, on the table. But this is a, a frequent uh, name that comes up. Okay, so let's look at Laurent's team, um, and this will give Eamon, You know, you've been dropping it in here and there, but like, let's actually talk about the implications for Laurent's team, which uh, with Rogers getting uh, diagnosed with or catching COVID um, and the fantasy implications for not just Rogers, but uh, the playmakers around him, Um, you know, and also how that impacts our fantasy league. So I, I think that he's going to be okay because he's got Wentz and, Prescott, Prescott being through the bye, and uh, whence his bye is further enough away. It'll be interesting to see the impact that it has on Rodgers if he actually has symptoms and gets sick. It'll be interesting to see if the league steps in and does something about it because of how inappropriate he has been around it. Um, but I think that it, it, it could bump up uh, Aaron Jones, it could make Aaron Jones a top five back in the league. Uh, and AJ Dillon, um, not a top five, but like a, a one-two punch. Um, that's just my input. It will hurt uh, Devontae Adams. I think he's the only really relevant pass catcher uh, that people are rostering in fantasy. Um, but uh, besides all the shittiness around him, I think that it, it will have a negative impact on pass catchers and a positive impact on Aaron Jones. But I I feel bad for Laurent this week. His team has more letters on it. Um, (laughs) There's a ton of questionables. He's got a lot of COVID like issues. Uh, For some reason he has like, maybe he's got insight um to why what cam newton's going to be like i mean is that trade rumors like for he's a free agent so there's a couple places that he might wind up going but like i don't know that's kind of a long shot he's got he's got it there's some t- parts of his team that um look great and i, I think i maybe it's because sometimes he drafts from a club or, or something like i always kind of think of um him as less active or engaged than he actually is but he's got some solid pieces on the team, but they just are not going to be showing up like with a lot of reliability this week. So I wish I was playing him this week. 
you know, I think that he's this week. It'll be fun to watch him and Ray. Uh, oh yeah, the chat's week. gonna go off, right? The chat is gonna go off, and uh, also here's a fair question, quickly, just before we move off. Does Ray still have Slack on his phone, or not Ray? Uh, Laurent still have Slack on his phone. He has not posted once in the chat this year. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. I, I think he maybe that. got a new phone and didn't download it. He's gonna he's gonna get Slack on his new phone, and there's just gonna be three thousand messages that just go just like populate. I don't know if that's how it works, but. Um, yeah, I hope that they get after each other because that would be fun. But th- what I wanted to point out was um, that you know this this trade, you know, when this was kind of the trade that set Ray's team in in weird motion, and so it's nice to see it kind of come back around. I, I hope that you know he's not going to get to play Montrose, <laughs> uh, which was the result of that trade. But um, you know. It, right now, the projections are, are pretty close for this game, and he's still be, he's still able to uh, roster a pretty solid team. Um, so, uh, I think that he has a chance to beat Ray um, this week, even though he has consistently kind of, or he hasn't hit a very high ceiling yet. But um, that's that's all I have to say about that. The the only other thing that's like a something to think about is you know Dak being out last week are they going to be more conservative with his comeback and either not play him or like limit the amount of throws like I know I think he's had like three or four games where he threw the ball 40 times like I wonder if they're going to slow that down which then will affect his stack with CD Lamb like will they just go like let's just try to win with 24 passes to to prevent him from hurting his calf even further and our last matchup to look at, teams to look at, uh, Ryan versus Ray. And Ryan had the second most points of the week, 153.1, beating Ray 125.46. Um, all right. Let's uh, – oh, there we go. Let's look at Ray's team first. I mean, Ray's really in it for the points. He's like your – like your your big threat, right? Amen. As far as like coming up from behind and beating you in points and catching up. Yep, uh, that's the that's the biggest like that's the biggest threat I see right now because like I do think I do think Mike will win his division, um, and I think I will have to win my division because I think Ray's team just seems to keep firing with points and. Uh, until he has like a really bad week and like 125 he feels frustrated with which is you know right at that like median average um so until he has like another bad week i'm just assuming he's gonna blow by me yeah i think that uh i think race team again i i still like race team i i wonder uh what is going to happen with baker and if he's going to play uh, because Burrow and Tua, you know, I, I just going into the playoffs, if he were to make the playoffs with two quarterbacks is scary. I think, I think that could torpedo his team. If he doesn't Baker have gets QB. hurt. He doesn't have two QBs. Yes. I think he has three, three now, right? 
Well, Fitzpatrick, yeah. And Taysom. He has Taysom. Oh, he's he, he, going to be a top sorry, 10 I'm quarterback at, the rest of the year. I looked at the week eight matchup. Sorry. I was looking at his week. So he's he, got four, four quarterbacks. He's got four. Did he let go of. Um, I think he cut Fitzpatrick. He kept Fitzpatrick? No, he cut Fitzpatrick. He cut Fitzpatrick. Okay. Yeah, I think that he could he could make you know catch up to you and boot you out, which might be his favorite thing to do. <laughs> his favorite way to get into the playoffs, uh, and he would uh, let you know. But um, you know, Daryl Henderson, James Robinson will be a question mark. See how long that uh, injury lasts. Um, I was kind of surprised. I think that. I don't know if Carlos Hyde made it through waivers this this week, um, but that he didn't put in. Yeah, he was in free agency, picked up by in free agency. That he didn't just back him up, because um, if he was he was going to get his first pick in waivers, that like he wouldn't just try and pick up Carlos Hyde uh, just in case. Um, uh, Henry has him, right? Henry. Yeah, Henry has. He picked him up in free agency, so he waited for waivers to clear and then picked him up. So I thought like when like picking up somebody on waivers and you have the first waiver claim, you know, you're burning it. You're no, you're going to get it. Like loading up that week on waivers is like a good thing to do just because uh, if you're going to burn that pick or burn that waiver priority, might as well get all the guys that you want, get, get the defense, get the kicker, get, you know, just, it'll drop you all the way down. But, getting that handcuff going into playoffs, I think is actually important. And I was just surprised that he didn't grab him. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to pull up his roster and then I got distracted by something else. Um, but you know, I, I do think like, as I looked to try to make trades and like, there's like one trade, I'm still like on the fringe of just doing it's a, it's a nothing trade, but like, you know, we have limited bench spots, and I think, um, you know, looking at Ray's team, um, he, he actually has a bench spot open, so never mind. Um, I was just going to say, like, who do you cut? Because his bench looks good. Like, his bench is Baker, Tua, Sony Michelle, who he needs for Daryl Henderson, Chase Edmonds, Jamichael Hasty, he probably would be a better choice to have had. Um, uh, his guy, but you know, he's got a very good bench. Like his team's very deep, um, so I, you know, it's hard to choose when you want to pick up a, a, a handcuff, especially like when it's a bad team, because like James sure. Robinson makes his points on his team. It's not like James Connor. Like James Connor's on a good team that's on the goal line, and he gets to fall into the end zone, and it becomes valuable. James Robinson just makes really great plays and is good. Uh, okay. And let's, and you want to say anything about race team, uh, Brian? I, I'm looking at it and like he, I, there's just so much activity all the time. Um, and now, <laughs> you know, like he, he's always making a lot of things happen. And I, and somehow the team looks really good. Like there's, there's players that he's hung on to. Um, Cortland Sun paid off. Like, I'm not sure I would have predicted that. Um, 
yeah, and he, and he stays really active. Um, and all of us, so his team is looking really good. This might be a good year for Ray. Be a really good year for Ray. And I was, I'm kind of curious being in, in this part of the, the pod, we don't get the reactions at this point, right? They're just going to be dropped in production. Hey, Mundo, Brado, this week's reactions is actually going to start off with its first ever Ray traction. No, not you, Willie. I'm not taking you off the KFC list. You are there solo this week, buddy. Like Henry said, get ahead of the deadline. Sell, sell, sell. Coming to you early this week. But I made a mistake last week. Miss Jamie Soltis. My apologies. The pod misses you and your bits. Even if Big Brother Matt does not get the show, I do. Thank you for your service. Frank Dayday, Comeback Player of the Year, Collision Course. Henry Thompson, 2021 No Bad Dudes Champion, Collision Course. I wrote these before that huge injury, you can tell. So Henry, everyone thinks you're beatable now. They've told me personally in the DMs. I have the receipts, except for me. I'm still scared of you. Love you. The Galadean Express is a wonderful stay. Me making up the title of BMF. I'll uh, tell you guys that in the chat. I'll keep this clean. To help me cope with the pain of not winning this year's championship. Collision course. Eamon giving us numbers to show us that he's not as fat as fantasy <laughs> that we see he is at fantasy football. <laughs> Collision course. Eamon's breakdown of the pods last week of the quarterbacks. Uh, the Odell Beckham Sr. is strong in you. Speaking of bad, Bradley, buddy, next time, don't sell so early. You're killing us, Smalls. Amundo, so funny to see you put Russell Wilson. You put your cape on big time last week's pod, and you're basically holding Jay by his feet off a balcony like Shook Knight did Vanilla Ice to trade him. Speaking of trades, Kyle Pitts, shit list. Cortland Sutton, I'm about to hit the drop button. There's a little rhyme there. I think the Jets took offensively saying, I'm going to become a Falcons and Bengals fan. And Mike White took offense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mike White catching passes and throwing for 400 yards a week after Derrick Henry threw a tutty. Hashtag football. Derrick Henry breaking his foot and still finishing the game. Hashtag built different Aaron Rodgers COVID-19 yikes tough loss but I like to look at things with a positive I had an 0-4 September a 3-1 October hashtag progress but still with four games left divisional play back on the horizon and a bunch of teams 3-5 4-4 and 5-3 and a ton of Big losses to several teams. The big Waller brand is still firmly entrenched in the mix. Deucey Bowl week this week and a very, very spicy, spicy trade. 
Bradley Anderson loves still making big splashes and helping revive my opponents, even though he drowned five weeks ago. You like that swimming pun? Just leave some room, let it, let it sit. Maybe you guys like it. I don't know. <laughs> you have to love fantasy football, gentlemen. It's the only time of the year why I set an alarm for Wednesday morning at 3.05, regardless of what coast I'm on, it changes, it varies, to see if my waiver claim went through. The hell am I doing? Speaking of hell, Brad Aldridge. A mundo, Brado. Those are the weekend. All right, and let's look at uh, look at Ryan's team because here we go. Here he is, hopefully coming back this week. Uh, not designated to come off IR yet, but McCaffrey. This could be the week that McCaffrey comes off. Um, limited in practice, but uh, Ryan's team, I think, is again it. Brian, you brought this up earlier. It's like you go from one team to another and just like, oh my gosh, there are a lot of like well-designed, well-built teams. And here comes Ryan's team, that pickup of Geno Smith, you know, gives him a little cushion. Who knows if Russ is coming back, but like he's got Herbert and Garoppolo. And then now he's going to have Aaron Jones and CEH, Brandon Cooks, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Chris Godwin currently on his bench but um i think that he could make a you know he's going to be a handful in the divisional rounds that's for sure because i'm guessing that ceh will fully be back if not this week then the following week so ceh is now david carr sorry cmc jeez it's a long day it's even <laughs> jesus you did it last week and now this week it's david carr and C-H. Derek carr ceh cmc i got it uh, whenever, uh, whenever you guys are ready, you guys start. Um, no, I, I think I think his team is built in a good position. I mean, it, it's the QB thing, and Justin Herbert has kind of crashed back down to earth. Uh, so like Jimmy Garoppolo, and then trading for Geno Smith today, um, is you know, it doesn't make you feel great about your chances. Like you have to have. Christy McCaffrey going for 30 points to make up that difference. But, you know, it's a possible outcome. Um, I think something leaning towards that is Carolina being fairly competitive still. Like, if, if Carolina was out, then they wouldn't be bringing him back. But if, if they need him for the playoffs, they're not going to try and rush him back and, and burn him if they're, like, already out. But he, if McCaffrey comes back, it might be the right time for Ryan to really benefit from all that. Yeah, and then just also, um, just because it's my division, I, I'm aware of the tiebreakers. Uh, currently, um, for the three teams that I think have a chance, sorry, Jay, um, I beat, I lost to Frank, and I beat Ryan, and Frank beat, uh, Frank lost to Ryan. So head to head in that three setup, we're tied, and we'd go on to the division record, which would go to Ryan. Because uh, he was two and one in the division, but like so, he's got a slight favorite going in there. So he has to he has to win two of his division games. Um, if he doesn't, he probably won't make it because it's 
it's most likely that means he lost to me or, or Frank and he'll be out of the head to head aspect of it. So, you know, that's kind of the, that's the, the facts, what we're having with the jumble and, and he's out of the points four situation. So he just needs to win and he's got a tough matchup. He's got Mike this week. So, um, it's, it's not an easy path. All right. Let's talk about waivers. Let's talk about trades. And let's call it a night. <clears throat> so uh, let's quickly talk about the trades first. Um, the one that we've mentioned a couple times, uh, Mike Davis, uh, Henry. Wait, I'm looking at this wrong. Uh, Mike, Mike Davis um, in a 14th round pick for Jay's seventh. Okay. So what what is the impact of that? Uh, it just seems like it's another death piece. Um, you know, I didn't look at... I haven't looked at Jay's team last minute or so, so I don't remember anything. If anybody else can talk, that'd be great. <laughs> keep rumbling, hopefully. Uh, okay. It's weird. His logo is a giant J, but I can never find his team. Um... Well, yeah, he needs he needs to cover for Barkley. He started Gainwell. Um, he's hurting at RB, so um, Miles Sanders being out and the yet another New England Patriot running back discussed as league winner Ramondre Stevenson, who doesn't pay off, uh, is on his team as well. Um, and then the only other trade thus far, you know, we've got a couple more days until the trade deadline is. Uh, the trade that I did with Henry, which was Cooper Fields, seventh round and seventh round for two seventh rounds for Mark Ingram, who is currently third in rushing. <laughs> uh, Mike White, who, you know, had a breakout last Thursday and a fourth and a sixth next year. Um, you know, he was interested in fields i was like i'm trying to ship off cooper too so this is the cost um so yeah i'm i'm actually okay with having ingram we'll see what happens with the saints and mike white just fills my qb necessity so uh i think that it helps him just with like security and he like it's just proof that you know, there's not much, the trade market is just kind of slow. Cause if that's the, the trade that that's the big trade of the last week of the, um, and the trade deadline, uh, people are holding. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's, I think, I think it's impactful in that, um, you know, I think it just makes it more cluttered on a team. Like I, we've talked about this a lot. I don't like those back half wide receiver twos that have big names. Cause you want to put Amari Cooper in there cause he has enough good games that you think it's worth it. But like, there's just so much like you need to be a good matchup. You need it to be, they're focusing on the main guy, CD lamb and you need a couple other things to really break your way. And like you need Zeke not to score touchdowns and Tony Pollard to not score touchdowns. So, uh, I'm actually kind of happy that he's kind of like a weird landmindish uh, um, type wide receiver, and you know Fields is just a good solid. Uh, 
guy. The The good thing about Fields is he seems like he doesn't get dinged up yet. I feel a lot of times he's like mobile quarterbacks. You can kind of see like if they're like struggling to get up constantly, that's not a great sign just because for fantasy wise. Um, so it does feel like Fields at the very minimum will be a weekly player that will probably get double digits. And, you know, to get up for the price he's paid is good. I, I think it's it, it was a s- smart move on his part. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I think I said earlier in the podcast, I don't think he can do the Lamar Jackson rookie thing, um, but he can just be a very solid player who you can start and feel okay about. Um, okay, and then let's just look at waivers and the most impactful waiver pickups. We already mentioned Taysom Hill. Um and uh, what are some other ones that jump off the page? So the thing I brought up earlier, um, you know, sometimes you have to uh, make moves in the league that aren't moves. So just making sure people are aware that Taysom Hill was uh, the quarterback who was going to take over in New Orleans in order to make sure Henry didn't get him might be something you want to do. And the subtlety of, of making it seem like you made it. Yeah, I, I, I probably, I don't even know if I would have really wanted to keep Taysom. I could have flipped him, I guess, if I didn't blow my waiver on him but uh, on a defense the week before. But um, I think we're all lucky that Taysom Hill didn't end up on Henry's team. Um, yeah. I, th- I think he's going to be a top eight quarterback the rest of the year. Wow, really? I mean, he was eight? top, he was top, like, three quarterback the four weeks he started last year. Like, they're going to die. Like, Sean Payton doesn't care about Taysom Hill, <laughs> his, his long-term career. They're going to run dive QB runs on the goal line. And they're going to be like... All right, let's, let's do a hot sauce, hot take wager. I'm, let's I'm, do I'm, it. Let's, let's bet your favorite hot sauce that, uh, okay. that doesn't happen. Cool. Okay, well, so I need a, what does I that need mean? a couple... Wait, so let's change it to the top 10 because eight's a little weird. And I need, I need no injuries. No, fair, fair. no way. No, you can't do that. Like that, that's what comes with the territory. Okay, so then I'm not you, taking it. I'm, I'm actually offering to give to do it, but I'm not taking it. Like you say, we all say stuff on this podcast all the time where we say it, and then like there's no account. Like I think he's definitely going to be a top ten. Um, if you want me to put like a hot sauce challenge where. Like I literally have no ability to deal with hot sauce. Like I'm oh, spicy is bad. Um, oh, so it's not okay. like you it. Could, so your, it, spicy, it's, it's, your spicy it's, hot sauce could be just soy sauce if you want. Like it's up to you. But but like let's let's do the wager. I'm in. It's Top so 10, funny. Rest of the year. Top ten and um, so they played how many games so far? Six or seven? They played eight games. They played. Oh, you mean that? Uh, you, you mean seven? They've had seven. Yeah, because they've, they've had a buy. So I'll even give you this benefit. I think he'll be a... This is going to be hard to fucking figure out, too, though. Because, like, it's hard, unless you're, like, a, a fantasy podcast, to, like, just section off areas. Um, But I will say he's a top 10 quarterback as long as he plays um, eight games of the 10 left. You're okay. taking that bet? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, Deal. so, and it's, a, what? what is the hot sauce? What is the hot sauce? I'm not sure yet. 
whatever is in your house it's fine <laughs> a big a big a big spoonful of hot sauce very good um, yeah, like a little bottle like a bottle of hot sauce mm. hot sauce i like hot sauce, hot sauce, too. sauce i didn't taste. know that amen was so averse to hot sauce it, like he he went from top eight to top 10 not counting injuries just because of hot sauce um no it's because well, like i mean eight whatever it 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 I was just saying a number that like he's gonna be. It's not like there is a difference between saying like there's a difference between saying like uh, the Giants are gonna win by seven this week versus I'm gonna bet they're gonna win by seven. Like you can say something, but then once you're actually putting like money to it, you have to go like, wait, that's probably not the outcome. So it, it, I get six or whatever. Like it has to be yeah. like it has to be a fair amount of like me believing something. I don't need to hit that right of the mark. So, um, move on. I'm Henry, right. Henry got his replacement, uh, Jeremy McNichols. Um, and I think, you know, he'll be a solid player. Like, it, it, it plugs his gap that he needs to be plugged. Um, you know, surprising, not more people who didn't go in on him. Um, there, there were five claims. That was... Yeah. I mean, That's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, but, but like seven and one, you don't have back. to burn a lot of rusted. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am super surprised by the Gore stuff. Um, because <laughs> he looked fine in a handful of plays, and I think that was a, a weird delusion. Because like, the job's either going to be Ceh, um, or as Brad knows him, CMC, or Darrell Williams. So. That felt weird for everybody to put a claim in on him. Um, I don't know, Brad. Do you think he's going to take over the Kansas City backfield since you, uh, you kind of got him? Yeah, I don't think that he's going to take over the Kansas City backfield. However, um, when you look at my roster, if he even, you know, if he does somewhat decently, uh, I'll take him over. You know, I'm just looking for someone not Nick Chubb. So if that's Mark Ingram or if that's, you know, Gore, then great. And there's something, you know, he he comes from the Gore lineage, uh, uh, Frank Gore, and, you know, he has the same uh, last Al name. Al Gore, as... Frank Gore. <laughs> exactly. So, Gore Vidal, whatever. I think, I think that there's, you know, a chance for greatness there. Uh, if he could just, you know, fall in line with all the other gores that came before him. Um, you know that's not his son, though, right? Al Frank Gore, Gore yeah, Jr. He's not Al Gore's son. No, Frank Gore <laughs> Jr. is Frank's son. Not not, uh, not this guy. Yeah, no. Um, and he has no relation to Al Gore, either. I'm just talking about, like, how, you know, there's a lot of great gores out there. Maybe he's another great gore. Um, well, if you watch the Manning cast with uh, the Giants game this week, uh, Michael Strahan was on there, and he's like, is that Frank Gore still playing for Kansas City? Which should be very <laughs> alarming as somebody whose job is to cover the NFL. He doesn't know that Frank Gore – I don't think he played last year, right? No, he but, did play. Uh, I thought he was on the did. Jets last year. Yeah, he played. Okay. Yeah, he was on the Jets last year. So let's bring him um, up. But, but Derek Gore, you know – 
uh, I'll be, I'll be really watching his snap share. See if it goes up over the next couple weeks. Hey, I've got him as my RB two this week. So let, let's hope. Listen, Eamon, I think that it would be good if you cheered for Gore this week, because if I beat Willie, it probably ups your chances of getting into the playoffs. So I think I'm, I don't think Willie imp- think, impacts me at all. How does well, Willie impact me? It would because he would get to six. We could if we could keep him at six below six wins, you know, because he's going to go into the. I don't know. I really have saying. a hard time imagining making the playoffs with my record. Like as a okay, I can win my division with the record, but I don't like. I just think there's too many four and four teams, and Matt is going to have one. Uh, Matt or Mike are going to have a good record. Um, so I, I, I think I think I'll just have a hard time doing it that way. I, I'm I'm looking for the points for. I'm looking to win my division. I don't. I don't think Willie affects me in any significant way. Well, well, Derek Gore snap share was seven percent in week seven and twenty percent in uh, week eight. So it's really it's really trending up for Derek Gore. Um, all right, let's end it. Well, there's a wait, there's a couple other things really quick. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I no, I, we're talking fantasy football. Uh, I think the Firemuth pickup is is a good pick. I think. It's very clear that Ben Roethlisberger doesn't want to throw the ball more than five yards. Sets up tight ends. Um, and I do think next year uh, I'm going to try my best to really figure out how to get like a 13th team on sleeper so we can put the bad guys or the bad dudes on a team so we don't have to keep looking at them in the waiver area. Yeah. And, and you don't have I'm to blow waiver priority. Um and I like yeah, I the wanna... suggestions I always get on like from like fantasy pros and stuff. It's like, hey, you should. This is what you should do, and you're no bad dude. Pick up Tyreek Hill. <laughs> you should get go get Zeke and drop. You know, uh, Agnew. Or whatever. <laughs> also, I think uh, uh, I think my sneaky play of getting Logan Thomas is is pretty helpful because like I'm gonna need somebody to play for Gronk the weeks that he doesn't play. So, you know, that'll be a good long-term sneak him into the IR spot and um, hopefully have uh, Taylor Heideke's number one uh, receiving option. Um, do you guys want to, do you guys want to end on a high note? Sure. Yeah. I've got a little, little nugget, little football nugget. Frank Gore, the oldest, like he was here when the dinosaurs were playing football um 38 years of age do you know what he does now he's retired from the jets coaching uh owns construction business no he's he's turned to his original passion something that's higher on his totem pole of life than football he's boxing he retired from nfl to go in and get punched and punch somebody out like it blows my mind like he Maybe he's like one of these people that enjoys like discomfort. Like I can only imagine what his body's been through. God bless him. Well, he, he blew up him. both of his knees in college. Yeah. Like, like some of the like worst knee injuries ever, and then played longer than every other running back. Like Todd Gurley's out of the league because his knees were bad, um, and that was like five or six years. Gore played fourteen years. It's crazy. 
All right. All right. <laughs> That's a record, I think. We'll see. I, Eamon, you can keep this in the pod. You can take out some of the stuff that I said. <laughs> you could take out a lot of the stuff that I said. Um, keep all of Brian. It just requires me to listen to a three-hour pod to figure out what to cut. <laughs> you you can just go to the guy with the the high high tenor in his voice and be like, "That's the guy we're going to cut." The guy who sounds nasally. Just just skip right through there. You just leave my intros in and everything. <laughs> all my analysis of Ceh and CMC and Derek and David Carr can go. Um, all right, guys. Thanks so much for listening, uh, Brian. Brother Ducey, um, thank you so much for joining us on a school night. Thanks for having me. And um, uh, as always, guys, enjoy the weekend. And uh, maybe we'll see a few more trades to talk about uh, next week. Uh, See you guys later. Thanks for listening. Peace out.